Hi, my name's Paul Kennedy, and I'm a sport reporter for the ABC, and when I'm not listening to the ABC, I listen to Radio Karam. Tune in and enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode six of The Non-Operative, the second part of Danny's Pathway to the Olympics. This episode provides an insight into the complex decision-making process involved in weighing up whether to have surgery. It's also quite a chaotic insight into the conflicting advice provided to uh, by the NHS, which Danny is relying on for rehab support whilst out of camp from her Jamaica Rugby 7 squad. She left her team following the ACL rupture and is now on her own trying to figure out how to get back in time to help guide them to their first ever Olympic appearance. So there's a lot on the line here for you, right? Yes. I wanted to talk to you about the decision-making process involved. You've ruptured your ACL. It's less than 12 months until the Olympics, and you want to be involved in the qualification process. So what's going through your mind? True to his word, it was the following month to the day that he could give me the up. So that was booked in immediately. Um, and then I went to see the NHS uh, physio because um, he got me booked in immediately with him. And basically, the physio did the Lachman test and said, this is so strange. Like, you'd think now that I know there's an ACL tear, I'd be able to feel it. Um, but it's, my knee still felt strong. Yeah. Um, I could squat past 90 degrees. Um, I was walking on it. I had a very slight bend in it still where I couldn't fully straighten it. And that was just a little bit of um, swelling that was still in there. Um, but that soon and went. And how long was uh, this post? Were you talking about this? Um, oh, this was um, a week. About a week after. Yeah. Yeah, it was the following week. I'd back in the UK, saw the doctor pretty much. I was t- two days back in the UK, then saw the doctor. He booked me in with the physio the same day I saw him. And that was my first session. Um, and then I saw that physio weekly for the first three weeks. Um and basically, he basically just pushed me. Um, we did uh, jump onto a box, single leg, jump off the box onto the damaged leg. We did some change of direction. We did squatting and went up to 70 kg, um, deadlifting 90 kg. Wow. So I was doing, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, they were my one rep maxes before the ACL injury. But now they're, I can actually do some a good amount of reps on them because mentally – I didn't want anything to stop me from doing it. And I thought this ACL is not stopping me from doing it. And I wanted to impress my physio and I wanted to hear some good news or a miracle. Um, Quite remarkable that your physio was was putting you through these type of, you know, often the case ACL, get your knee in a brace and and protect you till in in case your leg falls off until surgery. Yeah. So he was a young physio and he spoke to his, his manager as such and his manager had been researching a lot of um, non-op routes for ACL healing. Um, So they were aware of it, but it wasn't something that they really believed. So he did have a conversation with me about other routes that he was aware of happening in Australia, the Netherlands, but he said, it's not the protocol we follow here at the NHS. Um, And we have guidelines and rules we have to follow, which he explained to me. Um, but he, he found the conversations really interesting because I'd obviously Googled so much and told him about friends that had come back sooner. And and when he was testing my knee, he, he was kind of like, 
you know, I'm seeing patients with ACL tears and they, he said, we can't even do this exciting change of direction stuff or anything at this point because they can barely straighten their knee, let alone bend it. So he was like really intrigued at the stage and level I was at considering I'd a week ago done this injury. So um, he was, his, his, his attitude was we can push you as much as we want because if it fully tears or if something else happens, you're going in for a knee operation in four weeks. Mm. So just repair everything. So my doctor was also supportive of that saying, if you want to go and play a game and see how far you can push it or, you know, let the physio push you into the, the end stage as such of, of the like ACL sign off elements. Um, he said, go for it because whatever happens, I'll repair it while I'm in there. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of the attitude that we had. So we, we did, we did change of direction. We pushed it by the second week. The physio was kind of frustrated saying, I don't know what else I can do with you because you're doing everything I would be pushing you to do other than playing a, an actual competitive game. Yeah. Um, and obviously in his perspective, a competitive game, you switch off, you're not going to think about protecting your knee. You're going to be in the moment of the game. The adrenaline's there. So if you're going to, if your knee's not strong enough, you're not going to be able to protect it as such because you're going to be caught off guard. Yeah. So um, we started talking about me playing a game, um, which I was apprehensive about because half in my mind yeah, I thought, I don't want to go. I'm guessing you're a bit blown away by this approach, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was, it, you know, it's not the normal protocol and I didn't expect them to be so open about it. And obviously coming home and speaking to friends and and family, they were kind of like, mm, that doesn't sound right. Well, if you're having the operation, that seems silly. You just need to rest and, um, you know, all that kind of conversation. Mm. Um, but I actually, I, the physio that I had those few sessions, it started giving me confidence because I kept thinking, I need to listen to my own body. You know, at the end of the day, there's all this research, all this science, but I'm also looking at some really unique situations like the girl I mentioned earlier who went back in three months after a reconstruction but everything's happening different different people so maybe I just need to trust myself and listen to what my body's doing and right now I I had no I've got no pain I had pretty much full range of movement so I could straighten it um but I couldn't bend it all the way there's like a tiny bit left um but I thought to myself my other leg's really stiff anyway so my squat depth isn't great anyway um I can jump I can land single leg it's still stronger when I do single leg exercises over the other leg the reconstructed leg um so I just thought I'm going to keep pushing it and I'm going to keep strengthening and then make a decision so that I had another conversation with my doctor and he said look your option are you have a full reconstruction and I fix the meniscus while I'm in there or he said I can leave your ACL alone and you can just have your meniscus repaired he said oh you don't have to have the operation he said but if you want to go back to international sport I his opinion was I needed the op so and what, what was the I, foundation um, for that last part of it that you wouldn't be able to cut fully like you wouldn't be able to turn yeah. at the same he said yeah he was impressed with everything i could do but he was saying what you're doing is very linear you're doing squats mm. which you knee bases forward yeah I, I was running as well sorry i was going out running i did a couple of three k's because i didn't want to push it too much but i definitely could have done a 5k or whatever I was hill sprinting. So he was kind of like, please don't do that. Don't hill sprint or whatever. <laughs> but then afterwards he was kind of like, I know I'm naughty. So he knew I would do it. And when I, when I told him, he just said, well, if I'm honest, your ACL is there to protect your knee when you twist and turn and change direction. And he said, so I'm not surprised you can do the things you do. You're an athlete. Um, he said, the real test will be is if you change direction and can it, can it stand up? Will it, will your knee hold it in place then? 
Yeah. Um, which again is why they, him and the physio were saying you, you should try again because we'll, we'll at least we'll know if it doesn't go, then maybe you don't need the up. But if it does go, you definitely need the up. So I was thinking, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, I was holding off. I, I don't know what, what made me hold off. Just kept, I kept researching and Googling. Um, and then I found you basically on Instagram. Oh dear. Um, uh, no all good um i read through your page and every all the videos and i wish i'd done something myself now because obviously i'm like 10 weeks in now 10 weeks post injury but um looking at all your i think most people do as well wish they'd done it but you don't really feel like it at the time i didn't want to record yeah. those videos i was like but then i was like yeah i know how hard it is going through it and it like you say you speak to your friends you speak to your relatives and it doesn't really help because they're not going through what you're going through so i was like i'm gonna drag myself yeah. put a camera up in front of myself and talk about this when you really there's the last thing you want to do like you want to talk to people that your close circle your safe space of people but they're not really helping you yeah so yeah, yeah. um but here you are um, anyway. And, and you're, not, you're lucky you've got a good memory, yeah, so you, you're telling the the story yeah. really well in terms of what you you, you went through. It's because I'm still questioning everything. I'm still going through because obviously mm. I'm not I'm not there. Um, yeah. But yeah, just those videos and everything. I, cu- I started to feel hopeful. Like I kept thinking, well, this guy can do it, and you know he plays sport and he's further along than me. So every video I went through, there were so many key things that you said that I could really relate to, like the way I felt emotionally at the conversations I was having with others and how that made me feel. You, you kept touching on all these things. And I kept thinking, yeah, this, that's the same as me, Tim, you know, mm. that that's the same. Um, and it was so relatable. And I think because you're further along than me ahead of where I was, yep. it just kept giving me hope. But what I wanted from you is I wanted you to tell me that you were back at sport and everything was fine. And you'd six months been playing and it's not gone again. Mm. And it's, it's perfect. You got me with a gold medal around my neck, don't you? (laughs) Yes. In order for me just to have that final bit and go, do you know what? I'm going the non-op route. Um, But it definitely helps. Um, It definitely made me feel more human and it it makes you feel, like I said, the conversations you have with people who are supportive of you but not in the exact same position, Mm. it's really difficult for them to understand what what you're feeling and how you're thinking and, and like answer all the questions that you've got. So you did a lot of that just with your page alone. And then obviously I reached out and asked you thousands of questions, which were more than helpful in responding again and just making me feel like I was sane and, and gave me comfort in, in the, in the position I was in at that time, whichever week I was on at that point. Yeah. Well, I think Um, that's same both ways though, finding that connection with people that are experiencing the same feelings as you at that time is really important. And I think that's something that's yeah. stressed to anyone that when they're going through it is don't be surprised if you don't get that same sense of comfort from people who can't really, you know, people empathize more of you if you tell me you've broken your wrist than if you've ruptured your ACL, right? Cause it's like, Oh, I don't really understand right. that. It's a long time period, but you can do other things. They don't really understand your situation, but speaking to other people that are, that are, similarly passionate about their sport and have had that ripped away from them in the same way um i think is is helpful regardless of what stage you're in throughout it um hopefully it was favorable for you to when you're making that decision that you you kind of saw that but um that what i'd been through and and kind of making those few steps ahead of you but i'm sorry i'm not going to the olympics yeah 
Yeah. How dare down. you? <laughs> bit of letdown. Playing it over thirty no, fives in Melbourne instead. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. It was still really helpful and useful, honestly. Because sport, sport. At the end of the day, you're still doing what I'm doing: um, twisting, turning, running, having to get your strength up. So, no, everything was relatable and really, really helpful. Really was. Um, and then it was obviously you who then started sharing um, more research that um, really opened my eyes. So you gave me links to um, studies um, of people, uh, well, studies that were proving the bracing um, protocol works. Mm. Um, so I found that really interesting. I probably overread the same document several times and did a lot of research around all of that data. And then we're um, like, it's too late for me to brace anyway. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> thanks, Tim. But then I thought the, the bracing protocol is not for me. But yeah. what it did do again is just give confidence that actually, if this is the case, there's possibly some truth with you know the ACL healing or reattaching to a PCL or regaining stability in some way. So there were just more more answers to things that actually in the UK it's black and white. That's not true. It does not heal. You cannot come back without surgery. Do you know what I mean? It was just opening my eyes to this other world and other beliefs. Yeah, and it, it, I think I think it's raising questions around the stuff that you've been told as facts without the right. evidence. And now, hopefully, you know, the only stuff I've provided you with is evidence that yeah. what is being said out there um, kind of quite strongly and publicly by certain voices um as a matter of fact isn't there's there's a lot more gray around that and that's what needs kind of investigating i guess that's what makes us curious i mean for me it's a lot more about um you know i'm really curious about the the subject and and that we're clearly as patients not being educated and given the options that that we should be um for you i guess it's more about an option that can allow you to um, fulfill your dream and yeah and wh- whether that's by healing or whether it's by um, making your acl asymptomatic by doing the rehab to strengthen your knee i mean it doesn't sound like you need to do much more strengthening with your knee um anyway but obviously doing the right mm-hmm. rehab that's going to protect your knee and um and the different yeah. ways of which we can build our bodies to protect us from these um injuries that are so commonly happening as has happened to you twice happened to me twice and why there's not kind of more education around that as well, I think, are the, probably the things that our eyes together kind of got opened to um, and that make, yeah, certainly made me, uh, and it sounds like it made you kind of a bit more determined to go, right, I'm going to prove something or prove something wrong by, you know, my body's telling me this and I, I, want, I want to back that and, and do something which will be pretty yeah. pretty remarkable like if you, if you do achieve your dream and, and play at the olympics um yeah down this pathway will be yeah. you know a, a fantastic story that obviously i'm looking forward to following but you see so yeah. uh, sorry i've jumped in a bit there so really okay. you were still at this stage curious but you had time right so you had you had still a month yeah. to make a decision and I guess what you think exactly. is prepare your body as best for surgery or um, make the other decision. And what kind of led yeah, you exactly. towards the decision that you did eventually make? 
Um, yeah, so so my mindset was um, I started upping my strength training. So I, I obviously do a lot of plyole- plyometrics, sorry, but instead I just moved to strength training of my legs. So a lot of single leg lunges, weighted, squats, deadlifts, and was just doing that consistently because I thought whatever happens, that's going to help the operation, my, my recovery afterwards. Or if I choose not to, then at least I've already started everything. So I started on with that. And then, like you say, I had four weeks until my operation date. So that kind of me, for me, was a deadline. I, I kind of said to myself, I will let the doctor know at least a week before so they can reuse the date mm. for somebody else. But I needed to make a decision by that date. So I put myself under immense pressure doing research. So obviously following everything you were doing, um, looking at links you'd advised, following loads of the knees over toes guy. Mm. Um, I was looking at all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm, I'm probably an expert myself now. I've done that much research, listening to podcasts of other people who have um, been in a similar situation and healed. Um, and then obviously you, you um, gave me um, Dr. Kieran Richardson's information and I started yep. obsessively going through his website, <laughs> podcasts he'd been on, um, you know, documents that he'd um, released around all of this and all of a sudden my perspective was changing so much more it was kind of like oh my god there is definitely another way now because look at all this evidence this proof there's a professional um and thanks to you reaching out to him he sent me a message directly and we started talking about my situation um booked an appointment with him because I just had so many questions and I think this is really important like I think whether we want to admit it or not, you go and see a doctor, whatever they tell you, you take as gospel mm. and you tend not to question it. And so that's why it's so powerful to be a doctor, but also so important that they give you the right information. Yeah. And my UK doctor, I have so much respect for him and he's a very knowledgeable guy. And he definitely has given me the advice based on his experience. What he doesn't have is this other, you know, other method of ACL healing or protocol so I'm not, I don't in any way want to undermine what he said or disrespect what he's, he said to me because there's nothing wrong with what he said in that sense. But obviously, Kieran's research is completely different. He's got a different perspective and seeing things that my doctor hasn't yeah. and, and seeing people through the recovery of a, an ACL tear without surgery on several occasions. So I think, um, I think it's just thousands of occasions that he's worked with people yeah. returning to sport without yeah. ACL reconstruction. So. so yeah so obviously for me it was like an amazing moment I was so excited but at the same time apprehensive for this call with him because I thought I don't want him to convince me 100% the other way I want to I want to feel subjective still Mm. because I don't want to make the wrong decision I don't want to go well this guy in Australia said to me blah 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 on a zoom call (laughs) um, versus my NHS doctor who has helped me before and has got a lot of experience in this area and obviously my family were kind of like oh you know, don't get drawn up that this is going to be the the way you're going to go just because it suits your Olympic journey. Because obviously his protocol is kind of like there are people that have gone back within three months post-injury. Some people have gone back in six. But all of this is sooner than what yeah. I would come back if I had the operation. So it definitely was in my, my favour to go with what he was saying. So I just didn't want to be making the decision because of that emotion. Hmm. I wanted it to be the decision um so it was still really difficult um which is a lot of stress by the way right like for you to be in that situation and I was feeling you know uh, one of the main reasons why I said speak to uh, Dr. Richardson was 
I didn't want to be, you know, a, a subjective influence to you. I wanted to tell you my experience. I wanted to show you what I'd researched. Um, yeah. And the evidence that, that I'd seen that drew me to my decision and then explain to you my journey. But I didn't really, you know, I'm, I, I'm not a medical professional. I don't want to give you, didn't want to give you advice. Um, so that's why I thought it was important to speak to him and, and um, yeah, but yeah, uh, uh, we, we've, we've talked, off air about um you know one of the things that we kind of scrutinize is like we're scrutinizing um whether surgery is the best option but also i think it's important that we scrutinize the other way you know um is this evidence does it stand up do is there people and looking around for examples of people who have tried to go down this pathway and failed and and trying to understand see it from both sides it hurts your head after a while <laughs> yeah but um well I was so stressed wasn't sleeping mm. I was still crying so it was still kind of like there were so many times I had a moment where it was like you're being ridiculous do what you know yeah the comfort was to just go go and have the operation because yeah, I was gonna say before. would it have been the you yeah. know easier thing for you emotionally to just go I'll yeah. have surgery and I'll try and get back uh, that, I'll, I'll deal with that problem later about in terms of getting back sooner than um yeah most do yeah, because in my mind, I want it so bad, I would come back quicker whether, you know, you told mm. me I couldn't or not, I, would have, I was going to do that. But then yeah. obviously the niggle in my mind was, what if my reconstruction doesn't go as well? Because then I started researching um, ACL recons that have failed, as oh, in... No. <laughs> uh, this is a yeah. This is a rabbit Can hole you, you don't want to go down whilst you've got ruptured ACL. <laughs> yeah, so I started looking at operations that hadn't worked, I started looking at um, people who like the stats around how many ACLs retear following the operation. Yeah. Um, and so I started to scare myself now because obviously in my head, all I wanted to do is get back quicker than ever. Mm. But then the more research I was looking at for getting back quicker after the recon, there's a higher chance of me retearing it and, you know, making everything 10 times worse and, and being out regardless. Yeah. So there was all those risks and I started to, to research. So yeah, yeah. Uh, lots of risks. I was driving everyone insane because it was all I was talking about. <laughs> I was trying to make other people make the decision for me, probably you to a degree as well. Because um, it would have been easier if someone just went, I yeah. understand, this is what you do, yeah. just get it done. Um, so, yeah, it was a whirlwind of hell for those three weeks um, before I made the decision. Um, I think what ultimately swayed it was the conversation with Kieran Richardson. Um, I had an hour's call with him where I'd sent him an abundance of questions. I think there was like 16, 17 questions of, you know, that I'd really overthought that I needed to know in order to make my decision. And, um, the few key things that stood out was, I think I mentioned this to you, he looked at my MRI and told me that my ACL was still touching, um, even though it was torn, um, which then obviously not that he wants to promise me anything, but there's a higher chance of it, of it healing, reattaching, because it was still in you know the vicinity of each other where the tear was um he then spoke to me about the um possibility of your acl reattaching to your pcl um and, and we just we talked objectively about the operation um and i think i love the fact that he's he's not anti um operation so he did say if we go through this and your knee was unstable and it kept popping out and it didn't matter how much strengthening you were doing or whatever or you started damaging other ligaments he said i think f for your situation in that circumstance it would mean you need to have an operation just to mm. 
reinforce all those ligaments because they're not going to improve based on the rehab we've done, based on the training we've done or whatever. So he was like, I'm definitely um, aware that some people need the operation and, and that's their route. But he just said, based on the strength in my knee, the fact it wasn't buckling, all I could do at that point, I mean, I was four weeks nearly um, post-injury and I was doing pretty much everything I, I've, I had been doing before. He was like, to a degree, did you why, start why trading wouldn't you do? At, the, at this stage? No, so I did. I did some netball drills um, mm. on my own and with a family member. Um, so some change of direction, some fast-paced stuff. Yep. But I hadn't actually haven't gone back and played a game still yep. in either rugby or netball. Um, but I definitely was doing the same training I'd be doing when I was in season. Um, right, which he you're was out, kind of you're like out, you're out of season at the at this point of season yeah yeah the rugby sevens is tournaments only anyway so there isn't really a season as such yeah um but it's more aimed at summer and then netball restarts september which is upon us um but it had ended in june time so i only had like there are lower pace games uh lower standard games that i could be playing but they're not a necessity for me um so yeah so i took advantage of that but kieran was kind of like right i don't want you to push it this much he said because he was just describing the healing that can be happening in the first mm. 12 weeks post-injury. Um, and also, obviously, from his experience, intense rehab is is better than me trying to do what replicate what I'm doing in my sport immediately, yeah. just to promote the healing, promote the strengthening in order to give me the best possible outcome. Hello, my name is Océane. I come from Martinia and you are listening to Radio Carom. Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache Or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night Don't worry About a thing Don't worry Cause Atticus Health will make you feel 